What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tricky Takes podcast presented by the Box Sport Network. I'm Billy, along with Austin. What's up? Hey, we got Connor with us. How you doing? No special guest for y'all this week, just uh, the three OGs, the three amigos. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a lot of football, a lot of preseason kind of our award predictions. Uh, we're going to go through MVP all the way down to, you know, Depoy, Offensive Rookie of the Year, hit them all. And then uh, also going to hit on some fantasy breakout stars that we expect, who's going to be overall QB1, RB1, all the way down the list. Uh, but first, there's some some other things going on in the football world, some trade talk and some trades going down. So, Austin, why don't you kick us off with that? Yeah, so the big one that I wanted to bring up was the Cardinals just, like, very clearly <laughs> stating how they don't care to win this year. Uh, they just traded Isaiah Simmons for, uh, let me check, uh, a half-eaten Costco hot dog. And a family size bag of Lay's barbecue. <laughs> I believe was the, the Giants also threw on a half eaten pizza pizza crust from last week. Yes. Uh I mean, I get that Isaiah <laughs> Simmons hasn't done that much in his short career, but he has extreme draft pedigree, extreme he was an extremely high rated prospect coming out of Clemson. Still has all the physical tools. I don't believe he's had any sort of like major injury or anything like that. I think he's just not necessarily lived up to the, his expectations. And you see this happen with guys all the time where they, you know, just don't pan out. But um, I think the Cardinals organization has been pretty incompetent with their defense since he's been in the league. And I'm excited to see what. Uh, they can cook up for him over there in uh, in New York. I, th- I think he's going to be in a better situation. So um, yeah, maybe he'll return. I mean, I def- I definitely think he returns the value of a seventh round draft pick. Uh, I-, I think he could exceed that easily. And they also yeah. traded an offensive tackle today for yep. a fifth round pick. So I'm just clearly selling. Which tackle did they send? I didn't see that. Uh, Josh Jones. Josh Jones, okay. Yeah, I think the main thing with Isaiah Simmons is, you know, he's one of those tweener guys coming out of Clemson. He played safety, he played linebacker, he rushed the quarterback. And I just think the Cardinals didn't know how to use him really and really didn't develop him into a specialist at any of those positions. And so that's where he kind of – found himself is a guy that really has no identity on a defensive scheme. He's got all the talent, you know, all the measurables. So I think that they have to nail him down to to one spot and uh, keep him there, you know? Yeah, but I mean, just be, with his innate talent, I mean, you saw him coming up and making the big plays. I almost saw like he seemed like he had a highlight real play every other game just about just because of his pure talent. But that scheme fit, like you said, and that lack of use for him just didn't mesh with that defensive scheme. So I think yeah. at the end of the day, that's where it really ended up being the downfall of him and him feeling like a bust with all that talent. Yeah, last year I believe he really played quite a bit at linebacker, right? Is where he was mostly That's what he slotted at positionally wise. A ton, but I know when he first came into the league he was 
bouncing around between safety and and they're playing with linebackers and stuff like that. So, you know, it's tough when you're, you know, coming in there and trying to figure out how to play an NFL scheme and you're moving, playing all these different positions. So he's got all the talent. It'll be interesting to see what the Giants do with him. So uh, I think Giants made a good move. Like, if Dable can do what he did with Danny Dimes, I, I think that I have a little bit of faith that they can turn Isaiah Simmons around a little bit. Yeah, so, and I, I think, I mean, it's an upcoming trade. Well, not a guaranteed trade, but I think we do have to talk about the Jonathan Taylor news, and I'm so ready for this Jonathan Taylor saga to be over with. I'm hoping he gets traded. Uh, he has until next Tuesday, supposedly, that's what the team has said, that he has until next Tuesday to find a suitable trade partner, which sucks because a lot of people, including us are doing fantasy football drafts this weekend. Uh, ours is on Sunday night and I'm, I'm hoping Friday or Saturday or early Sunday, a rumor comes out that like, this is the trade or something. Cause I, man, I would not draft Jonathan Taylor at his current average draft position. If he's on the Colts, if he goes to Miami, which I think is the best fit. I mean, I think he's a steal at his current ADP. So, I mean, it's <laughs> someone's going to take a risk on him and it's either going to pay off dramat- uh, drastically or it's going to be um, kind of come back in their face. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? And are there any, any other suitors that you like besides Miami? I saw something about the Bears. And I was really intrigued by that because I think it would give Justin Fields a great safety net and take a little pressure off of him, giving them another just super strong, one of the best running back in the leagues as you know another threat to for defenses to scheme against. So I think that could potentially be a good fit. I know that they also don't have a great offensive line over there in Chicago, but I think with what Jonathan Taylor does and what we've seen him do on the Colts, who've had shaky offensive lines at best the last few years, uh, we can, I, I could see that really working out for him and the Bears. So that'd be a spot I'd be very interested in, potentially also take him at his ADP at. Yeah, I, I think the Bears is really interesting because right now they have a stable of guys that look like they're all going to get some work. I mean, Khalil Herbert is yeah. the one guy right now, but uh, all those guys are going to get touches. So if you added Jonathan Taylor into the mix, you know, he's definitely the, the guy there. Um, I think Miami probably is the best fit for him. I thought Miami was going to be home to Dalvin Cook this upcoming year, especially him being from Miami originally. So uh, I think they really need a running back. It's the biggest hole on their roster. You know, you got Raheem Mostert there. But the guys that they have there are very have been very injury-prone across their career. And Jonathan Taylor has dealt with injuries as well, but he's just a different beast. I think some other fun spots for him to go. Send them to Kansas City, man. See what happens there. You know, they don't really have a true bell cow back. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is your number one guy there. Yeah, I think – I don't think that's a realistic option. I'm just spitballing here, but I think Miami is definitely the best option for him. Oh, yeah. Couple, you know. Uh, I, I saw something that said, JT to the Eagles win. I mean, could you imagine Jonathan Taylor running behind the best offensive line in football? I mean, I, I know it'll never happen because there's no way they make another trade for running back this offseason. But 
just watching that and that offense would be so insanely fun. But uh, to circle back to your point on the Chiefs, Billy, I think that kind of after Edwards Alaire busted a little bit and didn't turn out to be what they thought he was going to be, I think Andy Reid just said, screw it, we ball. You know, we, we've been to Super Bowls, we've won one in the last three years, and we haven't really had a, a solid running back. The way that their team is set up right now, I don't really think that they have the cap space to bring someone on like JT and pay him what he's going to want. So I just don't see it as being the, the best move or one that the Chiefs would really go after right this moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it wasn't necessarily like a like a realistic shot. I was just saying, you know, kind of a fun team for him to go to would to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's not a run-heavy offense to begin with, so. True. Yeah, if you're talking about Jonathan Taylor's, like, fantasy stock, it kind of goes down if he's in Kansas City because Jarek McKinnon, you know, he would not be included in that trade. I wouldn't think so. I'd imagine Pacheco would be because, I mean, behind Jonathan Taylor sits Zach Moss and then rookie Evan Hull, who Evan was a sixth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe even a seventh. so. He was late. And, uh, I mean, I do like Evan Hull. He was one of those guys that I was a little higher on than consensus, but uh, I wouldn't be super happy with Zach Moss and Evan Hull going in as my RB1 and 2 this year, especially with Anthony Richardson. You got a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, you're going to want to keep the ball on the ground a lot, I think, if you're the Colts. So I think receiving a, a running back in the package for Jonathan Taylor is almost a must. And I mean, if he goes to the chiefs, Clyde Edwards is still going to get some touches. McKinnon's McKinnon's going to get some touches. And then obviously you got Tony and sky Moore, who are both going to get some touches out of the backfield. And if not out of the backfield, then in the, you know, very short, quick screen game. So, I mean, that's just kind of how the chiefs offense works. They wouldn't have time to like fully, you know, change their offensive game plan for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think it would be a smart move. Um, the one other team that I, I wanted to mention would be the Panthers. Uh, Miles Sanders would be a great running back too. I'm not the biggest fan of Chubba Hubbard. So I think having Miles and, and Miles might even go, I think Chubba or Miles would have to go back to the Colts. I think one of them is going to stay there as the, as the two behind them. And that would be beautiful for Bryce Young to have, you know, his Christian McCaffrey kind of that's so it's just basically getting Christian McCaffrey back, obviously a little bit less dynamic in the past game, but just as an effective of a runner, if not better. Personally, I would hate that because I'm huge on Miles Sanders and have quite a few shares of him already. So. I mean, if Miles if Miles went back to Indy, I don't think it'd be. I think it'd be a downgrade, but it wouldn't be the biggest hit. Right. No, I just I think that the position he's in is better than if he were to go to the Colts. The thing about running backs in, um, in on the Colts this year is it's kind of like the Cam Newton effect. And, you know, basically any other quarterback who's going to rush for a lot of touchdowns, Jalen Hurts even. And I, mean, I guess Miles Sanders still kind of thrived in it simply because the offense was so good. But the offense isn't going to be that good to sustain two double-digit rushing touchdowns, <laughs> uh, two players with that. So 
I mean, Richardson's going to get his on the ground. And I, I mean, I think he punches in. Let's see. I sat it out. Um, I've been doing my projections for this year. And I'm close to finishing it. I've I've got my quarterbacks done. I have. I think I had Richardson at seven or eight. Yeah, let's see. Where is Richardson? There he is. I have him with how many rushing touchdowns? Seven. Which is a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think that might be the mo- second most because I've got Hertz for eleven, and uh, I've got Fields for seven as well. Yeah, so tied for the second most, you know, rushing touchdowns among all quarterbacks. But just get Jalen Hurts to the one yard line. He's in the end zone for free. Yeah, he's going to have at least four of those this year. All right. Um, is there anything else we need to touch on? Uh, I wanted to mention Shohei Otani. Not oh, a, gosh. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sucks. Shohei ends up tearing his UCL. So he's already had Tommy John in the past. Likely headed there again. Um, And I had a really bad beat as a result of that. Really bad. Brutal. Uh, Had him at the under 315 ERA mark for the season. And uh, likely if he pitched you know, that game the other night and had a good game, he would be under it. But if he, he threw up, five more scoreless, he gets under there, I think is what the math. So yeah. he ended at a three one seven. So squashes squashes my season long prop with him and Strider on uh, their ERAs. So that was tough, but also tough for Shohei because he'll enter free agency this season. I feel almost as bad for Shohei as I do for you, Billy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At least Definitely feel worse for Shohei. He shouldn't really feel bad for Shohei because he's about to make a ton of money, even if he has. Oh, yeah. he's got, there are people estimating his con his value went down by as much as two hundred million dollars. I saw that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's real. Granted, they were already estimating his value at like nine hundred and sixty million. Yeah, so I mean, personally, I think he was going to get six hundred million. Um, I think that's kind of where I was. At, I think now you're going to see like somewhere in the 300 to 400 range. I do think he lost around $200 million. <laughs> you know, it's crazy to say that, but the, the Tommy John, I mean, is definitely not a career ender like it used to be, you know, 20 years ago. You see guys come back from it all the time, but every additional Tommy John you get is that you know, next tick worse. But I mean, you saw guys, you saw Justin Verlander come back last year after his second Tommy John and win the Cy Young at age 30, 38 or 39. So I don't see why, you know, a 30 year old Shohei Otani should necessarily depreciate that much. I do think it is a hit, but uh, I still think he's going to get his bag. Oh yeah. Excuse me, even just as a hitter and outfielder, yeah, I mean, if he player. if he ends, I mean, he could quit pitching and then go out and play in elite right field. I think. Yeah. With his speed, and the speed is something that I feel like people don't talk about enough with him because we don't see it a whole lot since he doesn't play in the field. 
but he is so so he, fast. What is he? Six foot five, like yeah. runs like a gazelle. He could play center field, maybe. I wouldn't trust him in center field. I think there's there's a lot more to center field than just being fast, and I think that's something that's overlooked in the sport of baseball. Uh, center field is you know one of the captains of the of the team and the the captain of the outfield and they have a lot more to to take control over than just you know running around and catching a, f- a few fly balls but i mean he you could put him in right field he would have, he would hose some people at third base uh i mean he it's the th- same thing that Fernando Tatis Jr just did this season just let him practice for a while he'll be really good out there and he'll rake and he'll be a lot less valuable than he is as a Cy Young Award winner, but that if that increases his longevity, I'm all for it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean he he's a lock for DPOI. I, there's no one else that I can even could imagine like trying to take a flyer on. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't even put any thought into it. I would say if he if he does not play a single snap. Than like, what Matt Stafford? Yeah, that's the name that just crossed by my mind, my mind too. Actually, <laughs> but I mean, I, other than those two, like, I wouldn't even want to touch anybody else with a two dollar bet. Yeah, no, it, it's the more handler bust there. <laughs> yeah, bet the house on it. All right, let's let's talk about some real. Um, things let's see where do y'all want to kick it off do we want to go team accolades like who's going to win each you know uh conference or do we want to talk about mvps or do we want to start with the rookies let's start with mvp because you know as the name implies they are the most valuable so they should go first all right connor who's your mvp i got joey b Uh, i think yeah i know a division rival but i think that this is his year uh, I think that, you know, spoiler alert for something we're going to talk about later, I think he makes it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think that he just has a, a career season. I, I don't think that, you know, the calf thing that happened in training camp is going to slow him down. And I think that this offense is only going to continue getting better. Now you've got Jamar Chase, you've got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. If all three of them stay healthy, him running the offense, I, I think it's an easy lock. Um, Billy, I, I do like that pick, Connor. Billy, who's yours? Uh, I do have it on good authority that Joe Burrow is fine and will be ready for the start of the season, or might take some time off. We'll see. Not, not gonna throw my sources out there, <laughs> but I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's still behind an incredible offensive line, he has all of his weapons back. He's got some more dynamic pieces in the run game that can catch passes as well. He does have a new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, but Brian Johnson has been a quarterback guru throughout his career. And he's the guy that's, you know, really developed Jalen Hurts to the point where he is now. And, you know, I have a lot of confidence in Brian Johnson as the OC. And I think this offense won't really miss a beat. So I think Jalen Hurts is uh going to take home the MVP this year. That you, they're going to have a really another really strong season. Um, so he is my pick. Well, um, I gotta say, Connor, I was going to go with Joe Burrow, 
but for the sake of parody, I will go with the other guy who I was kind of trying to toss up and decide between the two. Uh, and that for me is someone who, to my surprise, has never won an MVP before. It feels like he has for some reason, but he's not. He's finished second before and he finished third last year. And that'll be Josh Allen. He's uh, entering a big year for basically him and his team. The Bills should be uh, and are front runners to win the uh, AFC. And Josh Allen's improvement over the last several years is well documented. And he is going to go off this year. I have him. I will talk about fantasy football later, but. I think I think this is the year he does it. He posts up, plays every game every week, which I absolutely love. He might throw for five thousand yards this year. I think he easily is, you know, going to get all of his rushing numbers. I would love to see him, you know, break that. Let's see, his previous uh, record rushing in a season is seven hundred and sixty-three yards, which was twenty twenty-one. I would love to see him get back in that seven hundred rushing yard mark um i guess he was there last year too with 762 maybe you can break 800 who knows you know i was thinking it but then i thought to myself what do josh allen and the bills continuously do year after year and that's choking the playoffs and i just see that coming again and i see them losing to Joe Burrow and the Bengals with them having similar statistical seasons and that given Joey B the edge. Yeah, for me, it's just uh, mainly to do with, you know, just the efficiency that the Philadelphia offense can operate at. They can hurt you in so many different ways, very similar to the Bills offense. Uh, with a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, I think I trust him a little more with the ball in his hands, honestly. Uh, Josh Allen's, you know, a little – showed himself to be a little turnover prone in some of the decisions he's made uh, over the past few years and uh, trusting his arm a little too much almost. So, I don't know. I just give the slight edge to, to Jalen Hurts. I think I like what they have coming back. No, fair enough. It was on my short list, so I, I can't say I blame either one of y'all for those picks. I also like when we all pick a different person, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I did have Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills do have the third hardest schedule this year. Yeah, that was kind of one of my reasons that I went with Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So who is your offensive player of the year, Billy? It's uh, the two-time Jay Jettis. He's going to make it the two-time this year. The dude is just the best receiver in the league. And uh, he's the number one option. And I think that offense is going to throw for a lot of yards again. And, you know, he's the number one option there. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He's a nasty route runner. He makes contested catches. He's just always open. And uh, I think he's one of the more 
one of the most dynamic players we have in the NFL. And I think that we'll make it back to back this year. Yeah, no, I I was between him and the guy that I eventually ended up going with, and that's Saquon Barkley. A uh, big Saquon guy this year. That offense is going to run through him again. Uh, last year, just looking at his stats, he had 295 carries for just over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns and only one fumble, then another 73 targets, 57 catches, and 340 yards receiving. So, I mean, I think that offense is absolutely going to run through him again. I think that he gets close to 2,000, if not over 2,000 total yards, uh, not just all rushing. I don't think he's going to be a 2,000-yard rushing guy again, but I could easily see another double-digit touchdown year. Uh, like I said, 15 to 1,600 rushing yards, another five to 600 receiving yards. I just the, the Giants team they they added Darren Waller and that'll take a little pressure off him, but the wide receiver room is still weak, and Danny Dimes needs that safety valve, and Saquon is just so dynamic, and he's already had a full season back healthy under his belt. Uh, I think this is the year he finally earns himself that offensive player of the year. I went with a crowd pleaser here, and by crowd I mean you two. I with Nick Chubb. Yeah. Um, I think what Deshaun Watson's gonna do for this uh team is not necessarily going to reflect as well on himself as it will his uh weapons around him. But uh, you know, specifically the running back position in his tenure on the Texans, he never had a running back like Nick Chubb. Not that there are many of them, but you know, you, you look, he had Lamar Miller, I think, for a year. Let's see. I was looking at this earlier. Let me go back. So his rookie year in 2017, the leading rusher on that Texans team. Anyone have a guess? Which year was this? 2017. I was right. It was Lamar Miller. I'll, I'll go ahead and give that one away. I already said his name. 2018. Was it? Uh, oh, Duke Johnson. No, it was it was Lamar Miller again. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, twenty nineteen, it does switch up though. Uh, it wasn't David Johnson, was it? No, Carlos Hyde. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, and then when we go to his final year there, twenty twenty, their leading rusher was very hobbled David Johnson. So. Only one of those players had a thousand yard season, by the way, and that was the 2019 year. Carlos Hyde had like a just over a thousand rushing yards. Uh, Watson's been given the keys to this offense. He said it to himself, and I think he's going to lean heavily on his running backs. I think he's this is a luxury that he's never been afforded before, and I think he's going to use it to the fullest extent. And I think he's going to be much improved over his form that he was last year which he did not look very good. I think he's kind of back, got his feet under him, kind of is like, hey, I belong here. And it's going to be a good year to be a Browns fan, I think. I think you guys are, are going to have a good year. Uh, I don't necessarily see a long playoff run, unfortunately. That AFC is just too wild, but I, I think you're going to make the playoffs. And I think, I think if that happens, 
it's going to be behind a, a Nick Chubb 1600 plus rushing yard season. I think he's going to get 16, maybe 1700 rushing yards. Yeah, I can absolutely see that happening. Uh, I think the best pure running back in the league right now. Yeah. I agree with that. And he's also going to get much more work in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely part of the equation, but I do think, you know, the, the main point uh, or the main thing is just, I think he's going to do some serious damage on the ground. I, I haven't projected for uh, around 300 carries and, you know, if, if he puts up his, you know, normal, you know, 5.2 ish yards per carry, um, that's well over 15 into the 1600 yard numbers. Hello, everybody. Brandon Tim here telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Together, we will look at everything fantasy football from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections. Listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise. Fox Score Network podcast. We'll see you at the next episode. Moving on to defense. I'll go ahead and give the start here. Uh, it's Michael Parsons. I think that, you know, last season he took a little bit of a step back in like forcing fumbles and getting uh, tackles. Uh, doing a little bit worse, but he was right there at 13 and a half sacks. He had 13 in his rookie year, uh, won the defensive rookie of the year in 2021. And I, I think that this year, you know, again, he's going to be just dominant. He's going to be an animal out there. He's going to be making, you know, defensive scheme against him, and he's still going to make it work. So I, I'm giving him the edge over the guy that I'm sure one of you will probably pick. Uh, Miles Garrett, I would imagine one of you would have him, but I, I'm giving Michael Parsons a little bit of an edge because I, I just think he adds a little bit more playing at linebacker and being a cover guy as well to a degree. I do not have Miles Garrett. <laughs> uh, I agree. I have Michael Parsons. He's coming second place in this award his first two years in the league. It's his year to do it. Uh, the guy is just a freak of nature, and the efficiency that's up in, you know, every game that he plays, you know, last year, 13 and a half sacks, um, 42 solo tackles. He He's a guy that flies around the field, and he is just very versatile. He makes plays. Uh, he's the leader of that defense, and I think that he's finally going to have that, you know, breakthrough year i wouldn't say breakthrough year because he's been doing it but breakthrough year as far as personal awards go and he'll win the uh deep boy this year this was interesting when i was looking into this i was you know scrolling through looking at the odds and when you're looking one of the things i like to look at and i it kind of reflects what the there's, there's tickets and handle. I'll just go ahead and say that. There's tickets, which are the amount of bets, basically. So Michael Parsons has 13% of the bets, but 34.7, so almost over a third of the total money, basically, is on Michael Parsons. And anytime there's a disparity like that, uh, you know, there is a reason. And uh, I, I absolutely love that. And, and 
And I think that shows that all the the big money betters, the the high stakes guys who do all the research for this kind of stuff are expecting a breakout. And so I think that's really important. But there is another guy who um, has a, a little bit of a discrepancy. It's not nearly um, as big of a gap, but Max Crosby, <laughs> I, my pick from last year, uh, is another guy who I think is just sorely underrated. And with the addition of... Um, uh, the addition of Tyree Wilson, who I also do like a lot as a player. I think he's going to uh, kind of play well, this Raiders team. Like we, like it's basically the same argument I had last year. If you remember, it's just this division is tough. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. And I think being a destructive pass rusher in this division is more important than any other division. And, that's why I think Max Crosby has an argument to say that he's, you know, in that upper echelon. People always leave him out when they talk about the the best edge rushers. They always say Bosa, Watt, Garrett, Parsons. I think Crosby is in that echelon, and I think this year, after this year, he'll be included in that after his first win of the Defensive Player of the Year. I, I think that that's the clear top five. I don't think there could be any argument – and I'll, I'll honestly accept any argument. The only one I wouldn't put at number one out of that group right now is Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree. I, I, could, I could see an argument for anyone else in any order. Honestly. Yeah. For me, it is Watt, but um, I, there's, yeah, there, I, I would not be mad if, uh, I would not be mad if you put Garrett Parsons or Bose ahead of him. And then I think Crosby can slide in there at, you know, four or five. Mm-hmm. And I think after this year, there'll be an argument for him, you know, one, maybe, or two, maybe one. But uh, let's move on to the rookies who are a fun group. And I had a guy that I really liked, and that's Christian Gonzalez, but he just tweaked his ankle yesterday. And it scared me off a little bit. So I defaulted to the first defensive player take of Will Anderson Jr. Um, out of Alabama. I, If Christian Gonzalez is healthy, I do think it is Christian Gonzalez. I think cornerback position um, is a little more flashy um, than what Will Anderson's going to do. But I think Will Anderson's going to be an absolute wrecking ball on that Texans defense. And... I, I think he's going to prove the organization right for trading back up to go get him. My problem with Christian Gonzalez is that after the rookie season that Sauce Gardner just put up, he's going to have to have an insane rookie season. And that's why I also went with Will Anderson. Not, you know, because of just being an Alabama homer, even though I, I do like to shout out the boy, but, uh, I mean, he, he's just going to be the main piece of that Texans defense. I, I cannot think of anyone else who's going to control the the field on that side of the ball for them any more than he is. He's going to have to be involved in every major defensive play in some way or another, whether it's taking pressure off the guy that ends up making the, the sack or the pressure or you know, covering the guy. 
he, he's going to be in there. He's going to be the key piece. They're going to scheme him to be in the big moments and, you know, right there in the center of everything. So I think that Will Anderson is going to be just a statistical anomaly because of how poor the rest of that defense is going to be around him. So for my D-Roy, I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness. Just to be a little different, I mean, I think Will Anderson is going to be, you know, forced to be reckoned with in Houston. And uh agree with all y'all's points there. He went he was the first defensive player for a reason. Uh but the defense that the Green Bay Packers run and the importance of the outside linebackers in that defense is, is very, you know, imperative for them. And they have some good guys. They got, you know, Preston Smith, they got Kenny Clark on the inside, Devontae Wyatt, young guy, uh, and Rashawn Gary going down. So I think the opportunity is there for Lucas Van Ness. I think he's a high-motor guy, and uh, I think he's got a really good opportunity early on to produce and really hold down that role uh, as one of those outside linebacker edge guys uh, for a good defense. And I think that's going to stand out as a rookie. I had like five names written down that I was going back and forth on. That's tough with the rookies. Yeah, I mean, that's me with the offensive rookies who I guess we'll talk about in a second, but I, I do really like Van Ness. Uh, and with Gary going down, I mean, he's going to miss most of the season. I, I don't know exactly what the report is on when he's supposed to be back, but, you know, with torn ACL is something they're not going to want to rush him back with his potential. So he has he has some really uh, good opportunity. Van Ness does. Excited to yeah. see what he does with it. Absolutely. Now, yeah. For offensive rookie of the year, there is like two obvious guys. And I'm wondering if all of us just went for that. I'll go ahead and save my pick. All right, I'll go ahead and go then. Uh, call me uh, a homer all you want. It's Bryce Young. He, he was the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out of this draft class. Uh, in the preseason already, he's shown a lot of poise in the pocket and granted limited snaps. Uh, even watching him come in as a freshman at Alabama, that was something I noticed about him. Uh, he just seems very calm, very focused on making the right play. Doesn't really get nervous when there's a lot of pressure in the pocket. Uh, will stay in and make sure he finishes, not afraid to take a hit. So it, it seems like he's got the best opportunity to go out and at a average NFL quarterback level, which as we've seen with rookie quarterbacks is enough to win the offensive rookie of the year. If you just have a, a statistically average season, I think that he's more than capable of doing that. I don't know that we'll see anything special out of him just because of the lack of true depth over there in Carolina around him. But uh, I think that we see him be more successful from the jump than any of the other you know, rookie quarterbacks are going to get significant playing time. That was one so of the guys. I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't go with a quarterback here. Uh, well, with the running back, I went with Bajon Robinson. That's the other guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, just the workload that he's going to get in the offense that he's in, it's a very run-heavy offense, very good offensive line, and a young quarterback. And I don't think they're going to give, you know, Desmond Ritter, you know, full go 
early on in the season. I think he's going to have to earn his trust, and a lot of that is going to be based off a heavy run game and kind of controlling the attempts of Desmond Ritter in the passing game. So uh, I think that he's just going to have an insane workload and uh, score a lot of touchdowns, likely. I mean, you saw what Tyler Algier and that running offense did last year with Cordy P and all those guys. So I think it sets up really well for Bajon to have a huge rookie year. All right. I'm glad I decided to go with a wild card. I was hoping both of y'all would just go there and there um, because those are the two probably correct picks. But I went with someone a little more um, down ballot, I guess, when you're looking at odds um, at the sports betting site I'm looking at right now he is listed at plus 3000 compared to plus 275 and plus 500 for Bijan and Bryce respectively uh, and this would be a wide receiver whose quarterback I think could possibly have an MVP caliber season and this would be Zay Flowers I think he's the best wide receiver on this team I Odell Beckham Jr. is not what he used to be Rashad Bateman is going to be healthy, it looks like, but I still think Zay Flowers is just a better player. He's looked really good in training camp. He's looked really good in the preseason. I think he's going to have a 1,100-yard receiving year, and I think that's going to be plenty, unless unless Bajan or Bryce just go absolutely ballistic. Uh with Robinson, I'm a little concerned about Algier. I think Algier is a good player, and I think they're going to be used in a close to 50-50 split. If that if Algier wasn't on the team or if Algier goes down early or something like that, I think Bajan Robinson will probably quite literally run away with it. But um, as long as they're split in time and as long as you know Bryce Young is throwing the ball to DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall, um, I think Zay Flowers is going to – I think he's in the best setup to to actually go win the thing. So there's my pick. Yeah, I I really thought that you were about to go with the a guy that I've got heavily favored uh, in a lot of the leagues and have talked about quite a few times in QJ. Yeah, that's I was kind of I was like I knew saying it the way I did was setting up to be either Quentin Johnson or Zay Flowers. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to lead you on there. The only thing I don't like is that. You Good. disrespected my boy Mark Andrews as wide receiver one for the Ravens. Who are you thinking, Billy? I thought you were going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, I guess, but I don't think Gino MVP twenty twenty three. Dude, Gino, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Gino a, a little bit later. Um, another guy, another guy, really high on. But I just think there's too many mouths to feed in that offense right now is uh Kincaid and Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I think he can make a huge impact, but I mean you don't ever see a tight end win. Ricky, yeah, no. Year, so. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. No, Kyle gonna Pitts happen, but... who won it his year? Because he had like a thousand yards. He had early. a thousand yards, yeah. Yeah. But only one touchdown. Yeah. Who won it that year? Was that twenty twenty one? Yeah, had it been. 2021 NFL rookie. It was Jamar Chase. Ah, yeah, no, that uh, understandable. Uh, Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, cl- I closed my argument. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was wrong. Sorry. 
I know I knew he didn't win it, but like I thought yeah. I was like, that was that has to have been the closest, but no, it definitely wasn't close. No, blown no, away. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe someday a tight end will do it. I mean, this year I think there's three tight ends who could. I, I think mm-hmm. Luke Musgrave has a brilliant opportunity in Green Bay to possibly have the most receiving yards on that team, if not second most. And uh, you know, Sam Laporta with Jamison Williams missing some time, he is going to be on the field early and often and might be used heavily to start the season. And if he does, I could see golf, you know, kind of falling in love with him as a safety valve tight end. So I think, I mean, this year might be the year that breaks the tight end, the rookie tight end curse. We should definitely see there. There's the opportunity more so than past years. I think Kyle Pitts got held back by that Atlanta offense as mm-hmm. his rookie season. and kind of still is feeling a little bit of that, but I don't, I just don't ever see a, a rookie tight end winning the offensive rookie of the year position. Yeah. Agreed. Unless we see a, a first year, prime Travis Kelsey Gronk like person come in the league. I mean yeah. Brock Bowers next year. That, that's exactly what I was gonna mention. <laughs> I was about to say Brock Bowers, but he's gonna have to go up, up against Marvin Marvin Harrison, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. Yeah. So it's gonna be he's tough. probably fourth on that list for odds which I mean that's yeah. pretty impressive. Depending on and it all depends on what teams they go to. Uh, landing place has so much to do because, I mean, if Quentin Johnston, and I do love Quentin Johnston, I think if he landed on the Ravens and Zay Flowers was in the Chargers, I mean, I would have pre- preferred QJ for this year, uh, for this year because just the, it's it's all about opportunity. It's talent and opportunity, and Zay has that opportunity this year. Mm-hmm. I think I like QJ better long-term, but Zay better this year. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to our Super Bowl matchup. So our winner of the AFC, our winner of the NFC, and then uh, the matchup and who's going to win it. Well, I already spoiled half of mine, uh, if you were paying attention earlier. I wasn't. Uh, Sorry, you have to say it again, please. (laughs) The Bengals coming out of the AFC. You know, Joe Burrow is going to take him to the Super Bowl for the second time. He's going to have an MVP caliber season. And they're going to face the mighty, mighty Eagles. And they're going to get back. I, I think that they're going to get back just because they, they keep so much of that same team. And even some of the pieces that they changed up, like at running back with DeAndre Swift, he's a more dynamic pass catcher for Jalen Hurts to throw to. Just gives them even more options and how to scheme things up and you know make people get open. So I think that those two teams can easily find their way there. And unfortunately for my MVP, I do not have him winning. I have him losing to the Philadelphia Eagles because I think that their defense is a little bit better and that they're just a better overall and more well-rounded team. Respectable. Billy, you have Hurts as your MVP, you said. is uh, Are the Eagles going to be your NFC winner? Fly Eagles fly, baby. I've got them winning the NFC. Uh, you know, I think it comes down to them and the 49ers again. And I just think that through and through that the 
Eagles have the more the, the better roster. I just think that they're constructed a little better. I think that the defensive losses that they had last year, they filled all of those. Uh, bringing Jalen Carter to replace Javon Hargrave, who's now with the 49ers. <clears throat> Plus, you got Jordan Davis there. Fletcher Cox is still there. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. You got the Kobe Dean at linebacker, Brandon Graham, Darius Slay still on the corner. So, I mean, and the, the hires they made for their coordinators were both internal hires, which I think I think it matters, uh, you know, with the the personnel you have and, and the way they go about doing things on game day and getting ready for the week. Uh, they're comfortable with those guys. So uh, I really like what the Eagles have going. The whole offense basically is back. The O-line's still dominant. And Jalen Hurts is MVP, baby. Now, quick question before you go to the AFC, Billy. What string quarterback do you think the 49ers will be on for the NFC Championship <laughs> game? There's a, there's a possible Trey Lance sighting. <laughs> I don't think he'll be on the team. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it. The 49ers GM there they came out and said there's a strong chance he could still be on the team. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's just to make him feel good. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, maybe we see like a – we see like a Josh McCown appearance if they sign him during the <laughs> oh, season. Man. Who knows? <laughs> Tom Brady might make an appearance yeah, actually. Tom How Brady comes back for the hometown team, baby? Yeah, that's I can see I'm it. Saying, dude, if Brock Purdy goes down like week three, they might sign Tom Brady out <laughs> of retirement. Yeah, it's it's ugly. Uh, maybe they go and get Philip Rivers. Oh, that's a good Ooh. one too. Good poll. Andrew Luck comes out of retirement. <laughs> I'll say I would love that. Me too. Absolutely. That would piss me off just because he retired from the draft <laughs> I took. <laughs> Six years later, do it or four years later, do it. Uh, so my AFC champ, I decided to get a little crazy with this one, and uh, it's contingent upon a lot of things, but I'm going to roll with the Miami Dolphins. Okay. <laughs> Is this contingent uh, on Jonathan Taylor going? <laughs> it's contingent on them signing some other running back than who is on the current roster. It is contingent upon Tua Tagovailoa being healthy throughout the entire year. Uh, that's about it. So my big concern is the defense, though. But you bring in Vic Fangio, who has had several top 10 defenses throughout his career, including a few first-ranked defenses. I think if he can fix the red zone defense, which was like 27th in the NFL last year, uh, you know, you can make something happen. I think they're a playoff team. I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. They have a really, you know, high-powered offense. And uh, I think they got some dudes that can go make some stuff happen in, in the playoffs. And if two, two is healthy, you know, I really like McDaniels leading the way as well. So bringing in Vic Fangio – Help the defense. You get Jalen Ramsey back late in the year. So I think they're going to be contending, you know, all year long, but they're going to make the playoffs a wild card probably. So they're going to have an uphill battle, but I'm just going to roll with the Miami Dolphins. Why not? Let's just throw a different team out there. There you go. Um, yeah, I like it. But uh, I obviously we all have our MVP uh, leading their team to the Super Bowl. So, yes, I do have the Buffalo Bills as my AFC team. Uh, but the NFC team was a toss-up. I I do think the Eagles are probably the favorites, but I really love the 49ers. 
but I keep <laughs> I keep coming back to that statistic about um, nobody making it or winning the Super Bowl with a high paid running back and the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey who is a very highly paid running back so that is a little bit concerning um but for that reason I'm going to have the 49ers making the Super Bowl but losing it to the Buffalo Bills the Buffalo Bills uh beat the curse and uh win their first Super Bowl no table is safe like the Buffalo Bills <laughs> Oh, dude, that that is a good point. I Bills Mafia would be even crazier than Philly. I think. Yeah, no table would be safe. Where's Where's the Super Bowl this year? Ooh, Allegiant in um, it's Vegas. Vegas, dude. yeah. Mafia's gonna lose their. Could you imagine <laughs> the Mafia and Philly fans taking over Vegas? God, <laughs> would be in Vegas. Oh yeah, like Vegas Gosh. is already rough, but who? The forty. Okay, so that that makes my pick a little bit tougher because you know that's like almost a home game. I mean, not Vegas and San Francisco are not that close to each other, but comparatively to to Buffalo, New York, uh, <laughs> San Francisco is San Francisco is very close uh, comparatively. So yeah, but because Mafia lot. represents. There's already a lot of 49ers fans in Vegas. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, um, let's move on, and we're going to quickly touch on some fantasy things. We're just going to blitz through these pretty quickly. Uh, your quarterback, one of the year, mine's Josh Allen. Who's y'all's? Joey B. Jalen Hurts. Half-point PPR, of course. Uh, okay, I, I figured that was the case. Um, this one's a little more interesting. Tight end. Actually, I take that back. Yeah. Not interesting at all. <laughs> no, Kelsey. Who's your tight end too? Is what I want to want to know. Andrews. Mine's Andrews as well. Andrews, yeah. Who's your tight end three? This is where it's really interesting. I think Darren Waller. It's between Waller and Hawkinson. I have them graded out a four point difference in their total scores, but Waller ahead. Waller's just the only the main receiving weapon there. I think. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. Running back. Saquon. I've got McCaffrey. Yeah, give me CMC. Uh, and then wide receiver. Jay Jettis. Y'all will find out when I draft number one overall. Wait, can I change my answer now yes, that Billy's he... drafted him? Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually think I'm... I actually think I might go Jamar Chase. I don't know. I mean, might might as well. It's gonna be I mean, it's one of them too. It's one of the two. Yeah. Who's uh, your kicker? Justin Tucker. Easy. Yep. And your defense. Then this Niners. is kind of an interesting one. I'm taking the Jets. Commanders. Ooh, commanders are sneaky. Not a strong, not a strong season. You know, it might be an interesting picks like the Panthers, just because their division sucks so bad, and they have a like a decent one. They might just put up a lot of points against their own division. Yeah, um, I think they're going to get blown out by teams that are out of division. Yeah, and then let me hear your uh, like deepest or or like big surprise fantasy player this year. Well, I I took him in our. 
stupid rules. Uh, we call it the very large league because it's a <laughs> twenty man. Yep. Uh, and that is going to be Michael Wilson. He, he is my big sleeper right now. Yeah, I he's also mine, and I was waiting to take him, and then Connor reached way ahead for him and and snuck him right. I think he knew. I mean, I've talked about him enough. He, yeah. he definitely knew I was on the prowl looking for him. So well, I knew he wasn't getting back to me thirty eight picks later. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But um, you know, besides him, um, I really think Kenny Pickett's gonna have himself a good year. He's looked really good. I I like him as like my quarterback eight, but um, another guy I want to shout out is Geno Smith. I didn't qualify him for this because he was like quarterback five last year. So it wouldn't be that big of a shock if he was like quarterback four this year, but I think he could do it. Um, He's big for me this year too. Yeah. I'm really high on Deontay Johnson this year. Yeah. A guy I'm targeting a lot, but I'm not going to name him as my sleeper. I'll say David Montgomery is a guy I've been targeting a lot and picking him up, you know, usually in the later rounds, usually like seven, eight. And uh, I just think he's primed for a good role in that Lions offense. I tell you what, Billy, I, I love that pick. I was actually going through my um, running back rankings uh, today. I was kind of like retouching on them. And I bumped Montgomery up, and he is now my currently my running back 23 on the year, and he's being drafted and like as running back like 40 or something like that. Um, and I mean, I think I think he has potential to be a even a higher end RB2. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. The talent is there, it's been there his whole career. I just don't think he's ever really gotten the best opportunity to show it in every case. So I, I'd be excited to see him step up and really ball out this year let's see his average draft position i've got it right here i'm seeing him as oh no he's 30 off the board so um i guess that's not the a huge value but i i still think i think he's gonna re, re, uh, pay that back in dividends so i like it We did not mention coach of the year. Ah, oh, I knew. I felt like we were forgetting one. Coach of the year is a good one. Um, gosh, I didn't put any thought into this. I didn't either. Forgot to like put it on the who, list. Did Did Dable win it last year? Yeah, Brian Dable won. Shanahan two, Doug Peterson three, Sean McDermott four. I could see. Doug Peterson or Mike McDaniel winning if they both have you know really really great seasons. Uh, someone else I could also see is Staley, uh, the Chargers head coach. If yeah. they come out and make a, a solid run, I could see them giving it to him. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with Mike McDaniel. I think that you know everybody's healthy, the way that his offense runs, uh, you know with Tyreek and. Jalen and Tua keeping them all healthy and the way that they can score on a dime. Uh, I mean, it just, I think that he could potentially get a nod here. And also, you know, his personality, I think that wins him some points. Absolute killer on the mic. Love me some Mike McDaniels mic'd up moments. 
but I'm going to go with a uh, good old Bob Sala, Robert Sala and the, the Jets head coach. They're going to have a big year. Aaron Rodgers is not going to win MVP like he did, you know, back-to-back years in uh, 20 and 21, but it will be a bounce back year. And Garrett Wilson is going to be like a top five receiver in the league, I think after this year. So, and uh, don't even really have to mention the defense defense is locked and loaded. I got two guys. I really like, I really like Harbaugh and I really like uh Pat LaFleur in green Bay. I think yeah. with LaFleur, you know, a lot of people are expecting them to have a step back year now with Rogers gone. I think if he could have success with success with Jordan love, that defense is good enough. If the offense can get clicking, they can make some noise and, and make the playoffs. Yeah. That is sneaky. Point. I do like that. I didn't even consider them, honestly. Who was your other guy? <clears throat> Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, too. Another guy I think who we haven't talked about is uh, Sean Payton. Who's you know coming yeah. out of retirement to coach the Broncos? If the Broncos have a turnaround year and Russ looks good, um, he could get some consideration. That offense is just beat up. Yeah, it Judy is. goes down with a hamstring injury today, but Javante Williams has looked healthy. Yeah, so that's a plus. Patrick's out. Yeah, Tim yeah. Patrick's out for the season. Who is the other guy? Their fourth wide receiver that's also I think out for a long time. KJ Hamler. They released him. He is a like a heart ailment so he's yeah a yeah um i'm a big marvin mims guy though I, I grabbed him in our dynasty league uh rookie out of oklahoma um i think he's gonna i mean he's their wide receiver three right now and i think he's gonna have a early big year he's a he's a not a like a sleeper in the traditional fantasy leagues i think he's a deep sleeper that you're taking like your best ball leagues where you have like, you know, 25 rounds plus. I could see him, but I think at this point, he's basically starting the season as the yeah, with Judy, two option. Yeah. With, with Judy down, that bumps him up a lot. I think you're going to see his ADP climb up and he's going to be taken in a lot of free draft leagues. I think. Apparently Dolchich is slipping a little bit there. Too. Yeah, dude, I don't, I'm not a big Dolchich fan. Everybody is. Not either. This year, I don't necessarily agree. I don't understand the infatuation over him. I think he's an average tight end. And when Sean Payton came over, he was like, uh, hey, I had this guy in, in New Orleans. I liked him a lot. His name's Adam Troutman. Why don't you come over to Denver? And I think Troutman's going to, I mean, frankly, play a lot more than people realize. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, never been a big Dolchins guy. So, all right. So, uh, next week podcast episode will be a little bit different. Probably we haven't decided if we're going to record a normal episode or not. I mean, normal ish episode, I guess, uh, our episodes aren't always that normal, but, uh, we're having a box score fantasy football league with all of our buddies at the box score network. And we're, we're drafting on, uh, late next week. And I think we're just going to hop on a zoom call, shoot the shit and draft and then post that as a podcast. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it might be a revolving door. We, and there's might be a point where all three of us are stepped away or not on. Um, but you know, we're going to, um, 
try and make some content out of it. So you might see that. Uh, and then you might see another episode as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Tricky Takes and uh, make sure you go um, listen to some of our Box Score Buddies podcasts. Uh, I threw an ad somewhere in the middle there. Um, so make sure you go check them out. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.